Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 17th. The Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. Screaming all over the land, you know it is the Big X. We're here until 5 o'clock today, another shortened show. we got Jody Dumbling, the Cardinal Insider, following us, and then we'll have more Louisville Bats based. Yes, we're back, Genesis. Good God. I just Welcome, re- everybody! I mean, I just disconnected and reconnected the Comrex. I don't know why it just it, it stopped working. Yeah, some people have been mad about like the shortened shows. Who would have thought 10 seconds? You know, it's, they just keep getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Damn bats. A lot of importance can happen in 10 seconds. <laughs> so we're on the air. We're on terrestrial radio. We're on stream. As far as I know, yes. Nobody has let us know. The stream's always delays. The stream listeners always kind of let me know. Like Jenna's confirming we're on. We're on fourteen fifty. We're on fourteen fifty nine six one. So right, yes, good. Um, I don't know why that did that. That's very strange. We talked for I talked for ten seconds, then Trevor slammed in with a clerk's t-shirt story, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Nope, we're done." Well, whoever con- the, the Mr. Stream who controls the streams for all radio shows was like, "Nope, not today." He's a Judd Apto fan. You're out. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad we're back on just in time to tell you. Big night on AW tonight. Oh man. God! Now streams back down. <laughs> it's cross We're promotion. Back. We're officially back. You know Tony. You know Tony loves his theme shows, so they're doing a cross promotion with House of the Dragon. I know no such thing. He loves his theme shows. Remember Quake by the Lake last week? I do remember Quake yeah, by the Lake. Yeah, see now you're remembering him. He's. He, I mean the guy. If the guy wasn't a billionaire sports owner, he'd be like designing prom themes. Like he love. He loves the theme. So tonight's cross promotion with House of the Dragon. So all. You'll have uh, the the American Dragon Daniel Bryanson in a two out of three versus Daniel Garcia. We've got an awesome six man with Dragon Lee, and the big one returning, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ooh, he'll be on AW tonight. I would have bet money that he died in the nineties. No, he's not, he's actually you know he is unlike a lot of his other uh, fellow uh, workers that came up at that time. He was he's one of the more healthier ones. I still just thought he, he did, even he, so I still would have guessed he was old. He's He's 69 now. Nice. Giggity. And uh, he actually did some wrestling. I guess uh, Jericho did this thing where he was like beating up legends, which was somewhat funny about 10 years ago. 
and Ricky came back and was one of the legends he's supposed to beat up and looked just as good as he did in WrestleMania 3. Well, I mean, not that good, but pretty damn good. And he's, so he's still in good shape. The Reds just walked off the Phillies. Look at that. Jose Barrero, formerly Jose Garcia. Bases loaded single to end the game in the bottom of the ninth. one nothing. Classic Reds. Nick, he's, he's, Nick Lodolo, another former bat. Hoping to keep that shortstop job where they trapped everybody. And so to keep and he's playing third next year. Uh, uh, Nick Lodolo, former bat. Spent a lot of time with the bats. Big shutout today. Looking great on the hill. Reds are feeling good. Salvaged a victory over the Phillies. What a day. We're feeling great. I also just realized I didn't bring a water in here for the first time. This could be a rough first segment, but that's okay. We're going to make it through. Uh, we're here until 5 o'clock, like I mentioned. Uh, hit us up on the Thornton text Maybe. line for things other than the stream. 502-414-1450. We love our friends over at Thornton's. Just a couple of weeks left in summer, which means just a couple of weeks left to win potentially $10,000 and or a 2022 Chevy Tahoe from Thornton's. It's the summer cash bash. It's still going on all summer long. If you're a refreshing rewards member already, open that app up. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, and you are enrolled to win. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, very easy to be enrolled. Just text 80313. Uh, that's the number you text. Text the word rewards. I bungled that a little bit, but that's okay. You get the point. Rewards to 80313. That's how you get enrolled. You do know it's still summer, right? I do. Then why the hell are you wearing a hoodie? Because it's freezing in here. I've been wearing Are you a, freezing? I'm hot. I'm wearing a hoodie in here every day this I'm week. I'm putting the fan on. It's, this, look, it's the summer of Tropical Mike. I got the Hawaii <laughs> shirt on. I had like the beach shirt on Monday. Um, yesterday I wore the U of L hoodie. It's Tropical Mike. He's here. He's ready to. He's he's ready to surf. One, I need to get you a new loose hat because I'm I'm, I'm seeing the same hat all week. It's, it's kind of weird. It's loose. It fits on my head. Uh, I know we need because you have multiple so many hats. I'm I'm not, you're not used to seeing the same one this many times in a row. The other one's like indent my entire head now these days. <laughs> and the the sweatshirt. I mean I mean I don't mind Hawaii, but it's, it's what? How Jenna, like is it the... hot? Is it cold enough to wear a sweatshirt? Right now. Yeah. Thank you. I'm freezing. Two to one. I can't regulate my body temperature these days. It, thank you, Jeff. Well, that's, that's that's what it is. I'm freezing all the time. It's awful, but here I am. I feel like a pregnant woman, just freezing constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. You did devour that apple right before the show. I have apple every day. I got veins bulging from weird places. It's awful. Just pregnant. I'm basically a pregnant woman. <laughs> Except there's no sign. There's no nine month period here. There's no. Are you going through like menopause? The man, <laughs> menopause. There's no. Uh, there's no end date here, unfortunately. But we'll figure it out. Uh, we have other other things to get to today. We've got. I can't imagine. I've got what. a new TV recommendation. That we're going to I thought you were going to say you got a new TV. Like I actually bought a new TV. Physically. No, I'm not leading the show off with a new TV purchase. Okay. That... Although I sh- we do need a new TV. I mean, do I need to? I've had the same ones oh, for God. like going on six years now. Do I need to get new ones? Six years, you're fine. I mean, they're 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 the the ones not um the LED or whatever the ones that put off the heat. Is that what I'm thinking of? I have no idea. They're, they're not the, they're not the nice like smart TVs though. They're just some old Samsung. I don't know what you're talking about. But they're big. Fine. We have a <laughs> a new date and a new location <laughs> for Louisville Live. I know. We're excited about that. I heard about this last night actually. Did you? Yeah. You're ahead of the curve. I almost wanted to text you. How did you not? I could have used the, the lead. We could have had we, Scoop City over here. Okay, I was thinking about texting, but I was like, there's no way he doesn't know if Scoops I know. Scoops Kelsey. Jeez. Well, it helps I worked the Bats game last night. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Which, by the way, four, in an hour, we'll have Nick Kern on. We will have Nick Kern at 415. We got some Malik Cunningham ins and outs to get to. Uh, I've Ooh. got some thoughts on that. Uh, Justin Rank put together a good post on Card Chronicle today about how close he is to setting a number of school records. I want to get Trevor's thoughts on which ones are actually in play. A for number? This year. What? Like multiple? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just I mean, clarifying. Because you think about, you know, he's been here for this. He basically will have like four and a half seasons because he got his freshman year. He gets the he gets the the fifth year because of COVID. Yeah. 
But when you combine it, he only started four games that freshman season. He was splitting with Juwan Pass, and actually Tutu Atwell started the UK game, which remains hilarious. And then in we 20, forget about that. We, we do. We, 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 we don't even mention it. It's a whatever thing. And then 2020 in COVID, he played what I guess three fewer games than he would have ordinarily. So yeah. it, it basically kind of translates to four full seasons. But still, when you look at the record book, he's going up at least against a couple of guys in a number of categories that only played there for three years, and Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. So, you know, it's it's not exactly even a level playing field, but also those are two of the best quarterbacks, uh, not just in Louisville history, but in recent college football history. I mean, when you bring up his statistics, and I mean, we can bring this up a little more, but it, it reminds me of uh, something Rashawn brought up when he was filling in for one of your, your vacation days, was that, you know, he, and I, I, I dismissed it immediately, but if you dwell in it, there is some thinking to it. Is Whereas, does, where does Malik Cunningham rank? Among the greatest level quarterbacks, and and and, and Rashawn put him, about this too. I think Rashawn put him in the top four. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, that's, I mean, but then he argues the stats. Then you have the, you know, but then you're adding, like you said, he's here. What he's doing five seasons, opposed to some of these guys only did two, three. I'll say this, and, and, and even four if you were going, I guess. I think you and I have had this discussion before, because he clearly, to me, is in that like, he's in the bottom half, of, like the second tier of great U of L quarterbacks, sort of teetering there between second and third, but. If Louisville goes like 10-2 and two this year or something like that, if he has that quote-unquote special season, I think that changes the entire dynamic because that's the one stat he doesn't have. The win-loss stat, which is the most important at the end of the day, yeah. you've got to have that if you're going to be like a Louisville legend. I guess unless you're Johnny Unitas. You go on to be like one of the greatest pro quarterbacks <laughs> of all time. If he has a Johnny Unitas Did pro like career, snaps at Louisville. <laughs> if he has a Johnny Unitas NFL career, then we will view his, his numbers here very differently, whether the team goes 10-2 and two or 2-10 two and 10 this year. But if he has that one, like, just... No doubt about it, this is a special year. One of the best. Nobody saw it coming. The, I mean, I know Lamar technically didn't have a 10-win season, but still 2016, that team was ranked in the top five. Yeah, but Lamar leads the school in, like, rushing past exactly. every every stat. Like, like, we also had a year where, for the most part, until the very end, Louisville was seen as a top-five team. They were flirting with the playoff. Mm-hmm. He was the Heisman favorite. Teddy had multiple seasons where he won 10 or more games. Brian Brom uh, had an 11-1 campaign. Uh, another year where they won double-digit games. Now, so, Ragone didn't have that either, and he under his best team underachieved, to say the least. But And I think uh, but well, I well, he did have a 10-win season, though. He was the quarterback on that team the year we just talked oh, about. Oh, that's right, the EC team, yeah. They went. Uh, yeah, they ended right. up going 10, and they won 11 games you're and right. won the Liberty Bowl. Yep, you're right. So, I mean, he had that season. That was his sophomore season, yeah. His sophomore, junior. Junior, that was his sophomore season. That was 01. Yeah, no, no, it was a junior because he junior started. Junior 02, he yeah, graduated. He started as a sophomore. Yeah, he only started three years. And then 03, LaFours takes over. Yeah. And he's immediately good. And 04, he's the CUSA player of the year. Because the and 2000 game was, he was, him and Lorenzen were both first year, first time starters. In that You're game. right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, all those guys had that season at least once. And I don't think, you know, Malik very clearly hasn't, unless you want to bring up the 7 and 5 slash 8 and 5 2019 year where he was good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But. It was not a team that's going to be like remembered as one of the great Louisville teams of all time. When you think of Hawkins, I think we'd think of that team as much as anything, wouldn't you? I mean, and there also it has to be said there were a number of games where Malik had to go out and like Evan Conley stepped up and made huge plays. Remember there was the, the Wake Forest game where Evan Conley has the huge run. Malik's healthy. Malik's ready to come back in the game. They leave Conley in because he's the better quarterback. He's playing well. Like that's at least a, a small part. Don't Malik's stats are, are great from that year. As a small part of that season, but also just the mere fact that the team was seven and five, and it was a overachieving season, but still not a not a top 15, 20, 25 team in Louisville football history. Malik, if he's going to be remembered in that top, I don't know, six, seven, 
range of quarterbacks of all time. He's probably six or seven. I can't name. Can you name really five that are definitively better? I would say Teddy Lamar. Teddy Lamar. Both Brahms. Yeah, Ragone. Redman. Redman. Yeah, that's Brownie Nagel. I say yeah, Nagel seven. Johnny Unitas. <laughs> that's eight. The floors would be nine. The floors. I mean, we have. You forget how many great quarterbacks we've had in this program in the last fifty years or so. Eric Watson. Marty Lowe. <laughs> oh, what's his name? The guy that that that, that uh, Keanu Reeves' character is based on on replacements. That guy. Did you know that? He's in there. Did you know that was based on a Louisville player, by the way? Uh, you've told me before. Yeah. I, I still don't know his I name. I forget his name, too. It's because it's he didn't. But, I mean, it's loosely based. Because it's supposedly based very loosely on the 87 strike. And the quarterback for for Washington they went to know was a former Louisville quarterback. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is, it is it's a high bar to clear. <laughs> I <his> name of. <laughs> and Malik, Malik is going to, like, the record. We could be in a situation where if this team underachieves this year or just plays like a 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, whatever type season, where the record books say one thing about Malik Cunningham, but fan perception says something else. And we're for forever, like 10, 15, 50 years down the line, we're looking at the record books and we're like, you know, should were we too hard on him? Was this really his fault? And like people will be like, no, it was, you know, you can't. Oh, I mean, if I ask you, name like the best, I mean, I know Louisville's no better known for its quarterbacks in the last 30 years or 20 years at least, or 30 years. But I mean, they, we've had some good running backs. If I ask you, name like your best Louisville running back, how far list do you get before you get to Walter Peacock, who's like the leading rusher in the school before Lamar? Well, I mean, that's also an age thing. I mean, Walter Peacock played on bad teams and he was. I know, but I'm saying this, Way this back. but that brings up the, the the same thing with Malik when it comes to statistics. And you're talking about Malik being so good at these statistics, but you still rank him below numerous players, possibly. You know, I mean, here's a guy who, you know, until Lamar passed him, I think Lamar passed him, didn't he? He did. For yeah, I thought he did. For for career rushing yards, but yet you're probably naming guys like, you know, Kobe Smith and George Stripling before you even get to him. I mean, if you're doing like a I think it's a little bit different. I, I think like people like us are naming those guys. I mean, George Stripling should not be named above no, Walter Peacock. <laughs> but like, we would just I mean, remember was, him more. That was a little bit of a stretch, possibly. Right. But I'm not sure. I wouldn't be shocked if someone didn't put Kobe Smith ahead of him. Yeah, but just because they remember him. Like, well, of course. Like most people listening to the show never watched Walter Peacock play football. <laughs> but you know, you think, I mean, you, when you, I mean, but you bring up statistics. I mean, and I guess so you're saying. Like, I mean, those guys, a lot okay, of people so would put like, Lyles behind those you're guys. You're telling me in, thir- in 30 years, yeah. despite where Malik's stats are listed, if they're still that high, that he's just going to be forgotten like Walter Peacock? Yeah. <laughs> he's the Walter Peacock of our era. Potentially, unless <laughs> Louisville has a fantastic season this year. Is Walter, I don't know if Walter's alive and listening, but he's, he's shaking his head right now. Walter Peacock's rocking. We love him. <laughs> yeah. We love him. You ever met Walter Peacock? Yeah, he's great. Seriously, have you? I don't know. No, I've not met him. I don't know. I don't know if you're being. I don't know if you're being serious or not. No, I've you not. You get mad at me when I when I when I bash former like Louisville legends back in the seventies and sixties. Well, there's no need to. <laughs> yeah, you, Walter Peacock was fantastic. We love. I'm him. sure he was. He's great on the show. Uh, he's a Hall of Famer. How NBC hasn't brought him in as a sponsor? I don't know. Who knows? We've uh, we also had. I, I should have started the show with this today. We had back we had back later. school in the Rutherford household today. Oh, we did. Empty house. To, so, not empty house. John's not going to school. Well, but he's it's emptier. He lets you know that he's there. <laughs> you, you don't think it's an empty house for one second when John Rutherford's in there. He's letting people know. He's putting out the vibe. He's screaming. Although he was pretty good today. But we had if Virginia went back to school today. First official day. It was. Ten times easier than last year. Remember we last to year? On a Wednesday. Last year, well, because they, they had to do the thing where it's like parent day on Monday, mm. and then you meet, everybody meets the teachers on Tuesday, and then you go in for your first day on Wednesday. Like a lot of schools, I know. I think Holy Trinity started today on Wednesday, but for her, because she only goes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like this is it's one day, and then boom, weekend, we're good to go, and then she's in for a rude awakening next week when she's going three straight days. That's kind of mean, week. by the way. 
Hey, same thing from last week. But I, mean, I last guess year, at her, that age it doesn't matter as much, but yeah. But she did she did really well. Like last year yeah. it was it was tough. I mean, we everybody was upset. She cried. She said like every you time we cried. brought up school, I pretty much cried. Um, this year did not cry. Um, nobody really cried. But she to be a man. she brought up the last like couple of weeks when we would bring up school, like ready to go back, and she was like, I'm gonna cry, and like we're like, it's okay if you cry, and she's like, I'll miss you guys, and, like I'm just gonna be a little bit sad, and she goes in there, and like two kids in front of her are like wailing, like screaming, like holding, clinging on to their parents for dear life, not wanting to go down, and like usually that kind of like is contagious. She'll see that, and then she'll get upset because of that, and I'm like, son of a like, I don't, I don't want to like, cut my. I'm like, throw your kid in there. Get her out of the view. I, I don't don't make general, the general. If you were going in somewhere and the people in front of you were crying and wailing, would you be a little worried about going in? I mean, there, there were so many. There was one kid in her class last year. There were so many days last year where she was having like a grid morning. She's like skipping to class and then she opens up the door. That kid is like by the front door, just like acting like he's being stabbed to death. And then she's like right away is like, ah. I'm like, oh, this kid, get him out of here. But uh, today, like, she, she sees the other kids crying. It was their first day of school, like, ever for a couple of the kids. Like, they hadn't been last year or the year before. And she just, like, she marches in there. She, you can tell she's, like, she's not thrilled about it. But she does, like, the classic, this is this was a young me, Michael Rutherford thing, where I'm going to let you know I'm pissed about having to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to man up a little bit, but I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to, like, smile at you and give you a thumbs up. I'm going to go in there and look very pissed off at you as you walk out of the room. And she kind of... She that's, did, that's how you enter the work day every day. Pretty much. Uh, not, not much That's the look I get when, every day around 3 o'clock when you, when you pull up in here. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. The Mike Rutherford story. At least You even gave me up. a thumbs up when you came in, I think. I think I, it was one. It was a finger. It, it was a single finger. It might not have been a thumb, though. It was. But she did well. And then my mom, you, you know, she works at the school, so she checked in a few times. And she's like, she's playing. The one thing she still is not like me about, she hates Jim. Like, will refuse to, like, she wants to do her own thing. So she, there's, like, a bunch of pictures of, like, all the kids with their hula hoops and balls, like, playing on one side. And Virginia's on the complete opposite side of the gym, just, like, I'm, I'm vibing. Uh, I mean, I'm doing we, my own thing. I mean, you got to be like me, though. You only hated gym when they made you do something other than let us just play basketball or volleyball. Well, no, see, I loved gym. I lived for gym growing up. Regardless okay. of what it, If it was anything where you could compete, I didn't care what it was. But, I mean. That's all I wanted but, to do. But gym class, like, because 90% of gym class is just, you know. For me, example was run around the basketball court four times, and then here's some basketballs, here's some volleyballs, you know, knock yourself out the volleyball net, you know, it was half-assedly put up over there, court yada yada. Like the only time gym sucked is when you had to do like the, the goofy stuff like learning how to line dance, or uh, doing the the the, yeah. the thing where you get on the little cart and you cr- do crawl around on, it. you slide, you roll around on a little cart thing, which. I guess it could be fun for kids, but for a big guy, not the most fun thing. I enjoyed do. that because that was at least a race. Line dancing, there was no winner. I, I wanted very clear as, – as a kid growing up, I was the most ultra-competitive kid of all time. No. I wanted a clear winner and a clear loser. didn't matter if it was like, I don't know, like tiddlywinks or like watching ants I fight. Mean, like I wanted to – I wanted to compete. I'm, I mean, I've, I've got the competitive as well, but it just – I don't want to do it, but stuff. I just want. I want to play basketball. Though. That's the only thing I wanted to do. I, just, I preferred stuff like that. But if it was anything else, I could get into. I it. mean, we did dodgeball at Zachary Taylor, which God, was I fun. Love I love dodgeball. Monkey you, barrel. Oh. You would think dodgeball wouldn't have been the big guys, but but no. I'm, I'm like Happy Gilmore out there, bigger than the other kids. I'm like we had in a, Madison, I guess. Wrong, wrong movie. Sorry. In fifth grade, we had. It's actually the, my the, my guy who um, now is the AD at Wagner, Jamie Dumpstorff, was yeah. our gym teacher, and he would do this thing. We would play dodgeball where it was girls versus boys or monkey in a barrel. And it was unfair, but he would do this thing because he always was going to sub himself in. And like we knew, and that was like, you know, you're going after Mr. D. Like he's, he's going to Peggy, he, he's Billy Madison. And I was the first person to like catch one of his throws. And I still to this day, it was like, it's a badge of pride. It was a changing, it was, that was a life changing moment for me. I was like, get the hell off the floor, dumpster. 
Let me peg some girls with balls. <laughs> <That's>... here. <laughs> yeah, for once in your <laughs> once in your academic career. Well, it was eleven. <laughs> yeah. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Throw stuff at people. That's all I wanted to do. But it was, was, it, was it was great. But Jim, I lived for Jim growing but up. But I told Virginia you. I think, I think I told you like my I think it was my my freshman year. I had Jim's second period, and it was the worst time to have Jim ever. Yeah, early. I had it early my freshman year. Yeah, I had third period right before lunch. And you couldn't. Yeah, it's like Jim should never be like. It should always be fourth, fifth, or sixth period. We also had. I know there's someone's got to take it, but find a way because like to go and then of course you know we don't we don't you don't you can't shower anymore now and yeah you just smell the whole day it just sucked. We also had like our gym was our, our gym class we had, we rotated health and PE like every other day. Well, we did it we did it by semester. But like, it was right it was the period right before yeah. lunch and like the cafeteria at Trinity is on the entire other end of campus from the gym. And like lunch freshman year is like a big deal because like you know it's it's a oh, race to get in line. Yeah. You're eating on like a time limit for the first time, and so we had like we ended up with like five minutes to eat lunch every day because we had to walk like the 15 minutes from the gym to the cafeteria. It was awful, but what are you gonna do? Uh, terrible Wagner's not that big. <laughs> terrible news out of uh, MLB right now. Just breaking news here. No. Joey Votto has announced that he will have season-ending surgery for a rotator cuff tear on Friday. So you can't wear your shirt about how he's still banging. Still bangs. I got it in one last time last week. <laughs> <laughs> you got one last bang in one there. One last bang in there. <laughs> Love you, Joe. Love you. So, wait a minute, so the season's over? He's done. Season-ending rotator cuff surgery. So I guess he's not going to the Blue Jays this year in a waiver-wire trade. I know. The Rutherford Show dream is, is I mean, we've, apart we've had one dream in a year of being on the air. And it didn't work. And that was for, I mean, it's still next year, though. It didn't work. How many years is he up to get on his contract? Like three or four, maybe? He signed a huge contract. I, I know think, he did. I he think signed he a big still one. Has... But that was a while back now, though. Hasn't that been like... I think he still has two years on his contract. Okay, because I knew he can't have that many, because it was like four or five years ago he signed that deal, I feel It was like. a lengthy deal for someone his age. Well, yeah. I mean, he signed a 10-year deal the last time he signed. Well, well, that's that's kind of more common in baseball yeah, now. contract runs though. through 2024. Okay, so so next year would be the perfect time to trade him when you're left on the deal. He's 38. Yeah, but you can get him as a random player. You're just not going to get a lot for him. He did not hit well this year. Okay, but he's the coolest person player. alive. He's the coolest person alive. Well, you're going to get a lot less for him then. I maybe. should cancel all that stuff out. <laughs> i tell you what, let's go to break. When we come back, I've got a, well, do you want to do the Malik stuff or do you want to do the Louisville Live stuff or do you want to do my TV recommendation, which also is a sports thing? Ooh. I'll let you pick. Can I decide at the break? Sure, that's fine. Break? Well, we'll let you know what Trevor picked coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
Party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Diamonds on your fingers. It's, it's the greatest song ever recorded. Party all the time. Oh, don't, don't understand the video, dude. It's incredible. Everything about it. Everything. From the, the shirtless guy playing guitar, it looks like Rod Stewart behind him. I once made the Rick James dance doing the Running Man. I once gave an impassioned like speech when I first started doing radio with John on 93.9 about like how much I love this song this and like song. how it's the greatest song of all time. And Ramsey was like, like couldn't even joke about it. Like he was like, it, it's one of the worst songs of all time, Mike. Like people no. think this. I'm like, John, I don't care what anybody else thinks. The first, I think maybe the second or third like Instagram video I ever made of like Virginia. I had like I was like rocking her in a chair a little bit too hard for a newborn, but whatever. We were partying with party all the time playing in the background. It's like my girl wants to party all the time. <laughs> it just gets you going. It's great. Honestly, it is. it's it, it is a classic '80s tune, Eddie Murphy. It's better than any sequel he's done in a movie. I agree with that. Except, well, not Doolittle Two. I'm not Doolittle. I mean, Nutty Professor Two was, but it's the same you love movie. Nutty Professor. Yeah, but Nutty Professor Two is the same movie, so you can't really. Claim it is good. I mean, you might as well like Nutty Professor 1. Now, who doesn't like Nutty Professor? Nutty Professor was like, this is the Nutty Professor of music. Such a great song. I don't know that song. <laughs> Texas regarding Votto. Plug and play to continue our World Series run, right? Next year, maybe? We'll see. Who knows? All right, you had, a, you had the break to think about it. What do you want to talk about? We got three topics. TV. TV, okay. I don't know if you're aware of this thing. I... Apparently, I was like the only one of my friends that didn't know this was actually happening. I need a new show. I watched two movies last night. I need a new show. This is right up your alley. Well, you didn't. You still didn't watch the Woodstock thing, did you? No. See, I don't. Don't. That You'd doesn't. Like it. it doesn't appeal to. Me. I don't. I hated the Woodstock when it was out, though. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it, it's a hilarious thing. Uh, it, yes. There are parts of it. I shouldn't say it's hilarious because there are parts of it that are gross, and like you're kind of like you're watching the thing. And you're like laughing about it. You're like, oh my god, these people are ridiculous. Like, oh my god, these people like bought all this money to the music festival and they got just just. You know, hand-boned, and now they're acting like they're all upset about it. And then there were, like, they're like, oh, by the way, like, some girls got raped. And you're like, well, now it's a lot less funny. But there are, like, you make fun of all the guys that are trying to defend this thing. You make fun of all the people, like, the, the one guy who went to the thing who now looks like he still never left Woodstock. He's got, like, a mullet, and he looks like he's on meth, and he's like, it was the best time of my life. I'm like, this guy never left Woodstock 99. Like, the characters are incredible. It's, it's worth it just for that alone. I'm so amazed you watched four 45-minute episodes that quickly. I did it, yeah, like, in, like, four days. I mean, it's taking, that usually takes you, like, a month and a half. Usually. With Docs, for whatever reason, I can, like, it's, you don't have to, like, pay that much attention to it. I guess. It's easy. Speaking did of. Did you watch the D.B. Cooper one? I still haven't. I started okay. it. Mm, a little too much. Um, <laughs> but this doc that I started last night. Oh, this is this is a documentary on television. It is. There's okay. a new documentary on Netflix. I didn't know it was happening. A couple of my friends did when I brought it up to them on Manti Teo and the girlfriend. I saw him trending yesterday. It's phenomenal. I've watched the first episode. It was like an hour. I didn't. I was like, I turned it on last night. I was like, I'll watch this for 15 Wait, minutes and fall asleep. And they do on talking about his made-up girlfriend. I mean, they they talk to the guy slash who's now. Quick spoiler alert. The person who made up the Lene Kakeo profile is now a transgender woman. And okay. she, like, like, she has not talked to anybody, like, since this whole thing happened. So she's giving, like, the intimate details of how, like, the, the, the behind-the-scenes details make it just even more bat bleep crazy than you thought it was at that time. And I, like, I don't want to give anything away because this just came out. And I thought I've only watched the first episode. Um, but, like, it does make, at, at least as, through the first episode. 
Teo comes off as a very sympathetic figure. Like, he comes uh, off as just a very naive... Well, that I, naive and sympathy are two different things. I mean, I, mean, I feel bad for him. Like, he seems like a good kid who just was didn't know anything about this type of world and just wanted to... And he just he got taken for a ride. And then when things got really crazy because this person just couldn't let go of this alter ego, he kind of realized, like, oh, no, this is, like, I've been made a fool of. Um, it, it's... It, the whole thing's fascinating. Like, I've... I've I was completely riveted for the first hour last night. I hope the next two parts are just as good. I plan on watching it tonight. I, it's an hour long? The first episode was an hour. I don't, can't tell you how long the, the second episode was. There's only three. There's only three? Well, I but, mean, I guess that's about right. You can't do it. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could give it a shot. I don't... It just... It always baffled me how, like, this guy's get, fell for something on the internet like that. I mean, like, like, like... That's why you should watch the doc. Like, I was the same way. I mean, how big of a nerd is this, is Mantateo? A pretty big nerd. I mean, because that's like if this, if you I mean for, you know the 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 un, unathletic fat kid, hand raised hand in the air, you know falling for the internet catfish. I get that, but like you're you're a star athlete at Notre Dame. Rudy would be ashamed. You'd think. Rudy, I mean, he was from he came came from a very you know the the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, like a huge deal in the island where he's from. Like, he didn't really socialize that much, did not party at all. Like, he just was, and he goes to Notre Dame. Never know where he's the Mormon faith was that big in Hawaii. It's, it, on certain islands, it is. Okay. <laughs> like, so he goes to this, he goes to Notre Dame where everything's, it's total culture shock. He feels like there's nobody who kind of shares his values. And this woman, allegedly, who has all the exact same values from a different island in Hawaii or was raised in a different island in Hawaii. Like, they develop this rapport. She becomes like somebody he can talk to, his freshman season. It, it, the whole thing's, it's worth watching. But he, the the story that outside of the I hope he didn't get a degree from Notre Dame, right? I mean, yeah, he played there for four years. He's like a perfect student. He outside of the catfishing thing, the thing that's crazy about this, the his story is like he's all set to go to USC. Like I had never heard this part. Like he's he takes his visits. He goes to, he takes his final visit before his commitment to USC. He's like tells his parents I'm going to USC. Like this is when USC is like top dog. They've had a lot of Samoans there uh, or people of Polynesian descent. Like he's he's ready to go, and he's at school. He like says like a quick prayer. He's like, I'm I'm going to USC, and then he says, you know, unless you give me a sign that I need to do something else, I'm gonna go to USC. Like praying to God, and he goes and he's he's like, I went to go talk to you know pick up a class schedule or something, and one of our guidance counselors stops me and he's like, you know, Manta, where are you going? And he's like, I just decided I'm going to USC, and he stops me and he looks at me and he's like, you know, you could be the next great thing at USC, but I always thought you could be the first great Manti Teo at a place like Notre Dame. You could stand out. And he was like, he took that as God talking to him, and that's why he committed to Notre Dame. He did not want to go to Notre Dame at all. That guy was an idiot from day one. I, I, <laughs> I do wonder if that guidance counselor is like, I mean, I was just... I was just making a... I just liked the movie Rudy. He's like, he's like are you blaming this whole catfish thing on me? It, it, he's watching like the first 15 minutes of this documentary, and he's like, really? I mean, I mean I'm surprised Teo also didn't just like, not to get into the religious thing, was like, I mean, he's a Mormon. He's like, you really? I've been praying to the Mormon Joseph Smith, and you know, he's telling me to go to a Catholic school. Well, I mean, it's still God. Maybe, maybe you know, God wanted him to experience something different. Who knows? But it was—it's it, fascinating. He does come off as very likable, uh, at I least guess. in the first episode. You—you you are so jaded. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying he's not likable, but 
He's like a likable buffoon. That's fine. Doesn't mean he's not likable. Like you don't have to have the exact same mindset and beliefs as people that you can like and respect. Uh, I should have picked the Malik category like, first. I am very. Like, <laughs> well, that shows, I chose poorly coming from the break. Like pretty much everything that I believe and like everything that I was in high school is different from Manti Teo. I can still look at him as a different person and say he seems like a very good dude. Were you in high school when this happened? No, I was. Uh, I was no, out of college. College, yeah, I was out say. of college. This happened in like '09. No, this was like early 2000s yeah, when I the Desmond story say, broke. So yeah. I was I graduated college in 07. Yeah, because what year was it? This year they, they got blown up out. Was it Alabama? They lost like 49 to nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought I was on the because I thought it was Big X was on the air, I believe. Yeah. Well, they went undefeated. Like So this the, the yeah. first episode stops after like, it's between when they finish the undefeated regular season and they're getting ready for the national title game. And like, he now is figuring out that like this was all a hoax. Like, it's like she's like, she's back from the dead. Like she's trying to like, and he's I don't like, know. This feels like your Notting Hill reference of a, sport, of a version of a sports dog. Texas says, Trevor, you are also a likable buffoon. <laughs> Thank you. And I, too, could fall for catfishing because look at me. I'm not a starting middle linebacker at Notre Dame. But you, like, he, I mean, he could have had he could have had a lot of girls just in his in person tell him the same thing she told him online. But and that wasn't his personality. Like, he, right. wasn't that, he wasn't that type of guy. Okay. Like, people like you and I, like, we don't understand handsome people that just didn't take advantage of that in college. I friends, no, I cannot grasp that at all. I had friends who were very shy, who were very good looking, who were very, like received a lot of attention. And I was like, well, why aren't you doing more with this? Like, if I were you, I'd be, I don't know. I'd be, I mean, you know, hard, not be doing what I, I'm you know, doing hard I had to work at that age. I mean, spoiled brats. Texas, I watched the whole Teo doc, and everyone owes him an apology for every meme and joke ever made about it. No. I'm excited to see the last, the last two episodes. First I, of all, do you really think you owe him apologies because you feel bad for him? I mean, you can still make fun of him, right? I don't know, man. It, uh, no. it, it changed. My, you haven't even watched. You haven't watched one second of this. I mean, I know who man. T- I know the story. I'm. I did too. I would have said the exact same thing okay. 24 hours ago, and then I watched it. I mean, the thing is, wow, like it now, changed your entire perspective of life when it comes to man that day out. A little bit, yeah. One hell of a documentary. I mean, yeah. You left in the bar pretty high there, man. See, the thing is, like, <laughs> you are so like you. You've now you pigeonholed yourself into an opinion. You're gonna watch this, and you're not gonna change at all. So I don't even know. There's no point in you watching it. You're going to do the same thing that you do with everything. That's which not is true. when you have a jaded opinion, That's you're not going not to change. True. Like, you're still an idiot. I guarantee it. Like, there's you're not going to change because that, you've already said. Something. I have gone into stuff negatively and walked out positive. I don't think that that's true. Well, see, look at who's now Mr. Negative over here. I'm. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm somebody who's done a show with you for a year. When you have an opinion going into year something, and one day. you never change it. We've known each other over one year. I know. 366 <laughs> days. Plus a few. Texas, the only thing missing from the Woodstock 99 is an epilogue about what the naked people and those who were lighting things on fire are up to with their lives 23 years later. Well, they had a couple of them like on the dock. So I would I would rather watch a dock on the 94 one than I would 99, though. I'd forgotten there was either even was a 94 one. Because that was actually the only other Woodstock to me. So but what would be interesting about that? I don't know, just because it's the actual second only Woodstock. It came out 25 years later, Reunion. I mean, that's it's kind of a cool story. I wanted to go that so bad in 94. The other thing that I was that, that bugged me about the Woodstock thing was, because you see it, you see like all the the drugs and like how close people were and like how awful the conditions were. And like while the documentary is happening, like I, I assume some people died. Like this, this, the way that they're acting... And then it ends, and you're like, oh, nobody actually died. And then you Google search it, and like, oh, a few people did die. Yeah, there was... And they, they don't even mention it and, and during the documentary, well, which that's... seems like a big omission. It's kind of, that's not a good selling point for the documentary. No, I mean, it, it's good, but like, there clearly were things that they could have gone into a little bit more. No, it's a major plot point. In a, in a movie or documentary aside, it's still a major plot. You need to be referenced. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, that that's not, yeah, see, that, 
Th- that doesn't help me going into the woods talk. Well, at you're all. not going to watch it anyway, so well, there's no point. I probably will eventually, but not anytime soon. You're not going to, especially when I saw. Well, I just see Cobra Kai's coming out next month. Oh, that show that you've watched like six times already. Well, I always rewatch them leading into the new season. But the last season, remember, I told you I was very. I thought it should have been the last season should have ended, and I'm. But you liked it. I I liked it, but I thought it was should have been. It was time to to, to call it quits. I'm not really big on a new season coming. I'm gonna watch it, hoping they will close the book on this one. Okay. If they go to like a season six, I'm just gonna, I'm ta- I'm definitely tapping out. Okay. Let's talk about Louisville Live real quick, then. Yes, Louisville Live. Louisville Live. We've been wondering about this for a long time. Yeah, documentary made about that. The only thing that we knew about Louisville Live for the last couple of weeks has been it's not going to be in September. They, they, they backed it up. And two, it's not going to, unfortunately, be at Churchill Downs. They couldn't work out the dates. Uh, it wasn't the dates so much as the, the whole paddock area is being redone, redone yeah. for this. Remember I mentioned I'm not a big fan of this whole and, making the paddock area now like a rich person, the only accessible thing. And before you dumb. before you announce this, I want to say that I agree with you. We have talked about this, that we, we've been very disappointed that we couldn't do it at Churchill Downs because it was so awesome. It was great last year. Uh, Once again, the greed of Churchill just ruins stuff. I think we kind of agree that 4th Street Live is not really... I mean, they've done it there, but it just... I don't know. It doesn't... We've outgrown it. You've out, that's a good way of putting it. Okay, we've outgrown it. So we have been kind of not only at our wits end, but kind of like... You know, we, we've been wondering, like, what are they going to do? How are they going to make up for not getting Churchill? And I'm almost amazed that neither of us thought of this. I did. This is the first thing that I said. Did Was it? Yes. No, it wasn't. It was. I said Slugger, and then you said maybe Lynn. Go, let's go to the, 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 go to the uh, tape, Jenna. Pull it Jenna, up. Jenna, did he ever say Sluggerfield? Jenna hasn't. I don't, she may not have even been here. I'm, I'm not commenting because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's fine. She's reading a book. The first thing that I said. She's reading a book. <laughs> that's fine. Because the most obvious the most obvious place for Louisville Live to be outside of what was Sluggerfield or Lynn Family Stadium. And like, I, like those are the most obvious. But then we, we started getting goofy and we were like Big Four Bridge, like, you know, Great Lawn. Like, do those sound like more like items that you would suggest? The, I mean, Sluggerfield <laughs> was always the most obvious place for this to be. Uh, I say, I say, go, go to the tapes. I disagree. You can go to the tapes all you want. Like, it's, <laughs> you, you still like you'll forget it tomorrow. So there's no point even checking the tapes. Like that's. Oh, I, bet, I think that's why you claim to go to the tapes because you know I'll forget to go to it, even no, though you know that it's, it's I'm I'm right. You'll go to it. You'll see that I'm right, and then forget about it 24 hours later anyway. So there's no point. <laughs> it's like a memento show every single day here on the Rutherford. Show. You know when something gets under my skin, though, I will not let it go. That's fine. You can go check. The, with okay. the, both times we've brought this up before, I've said it's probably going to be at Slugger Field because it's the most obvious place to have it. No inside info. I'm not acting like I was being tipped off, um, but it just seemed like a no-brainer. And sure enough, here we are. It's going to be October 21st. It's homecoming weekend. You, go, you need to clear yourself there? You feel better? Thank you. I feel great. All right. Louisville Live, October 21st. It's a Friday night before Louisville will play NC State on not, – not NC State. Uh, Pitt on homecoming weekend. At Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, not Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, just Cardinal Stadium, and it's going to be at Slugger Field. I think this is, it's not ideal because it's. Going, I don't know. I think it's a pretty good. I mean, it's it, it's the best case scenario for what we have right now. But ideal is this is supposed to be a kickoff event, right? You're kicking off the start of practice. It's like it's a pseudo midnight madness type deal, where you're celebrating the start of practice and the season only being like a month away, and you don't really get that with. An event that's happening on the 21st, because nowadays practice starts, I think, late September. It's going to be a little bit cold. It's going to be an outdoor event. Hopefully, I mean, you just have to hope for good weather at this point. You had great weather last year. You expect to have great weather in late September. October 21st is a little bit more of a crapshoot. But on the plus side, it is homecoming weekend. You're going to have some big names that are in town just for homecoming already on the football side. Maybe some basketball guys as well. 
who are already going to be here. They can parlay that into looking at our guest list for this weekend. Um, it's also far enough away from the other big recruiting weekends that some of these five stars in the 2023 class are going on that have already scheduled them for like September. I have heard, I mean, they're not really being that close to the vest with it. It sounds like Jack Harlow probably going to be involved in some way, which he was a couple of years ago as well when they did it at four street live for the second year. Like it should be a good event. I just, I like it more when it's like the official kickoff of practice and you know, it's a much stronger chance of having ideal weather, but they couldn't really do anything about that this year. So when, I, when would that, that wouldn't like late September, I feel like is a better chance. Like October, you're running the risk of having some cold weather. I mean, we could at least event. earlier in October. I think the last, I mean, the bats do play through September. And I want to say they, they don't play the last up to the last day, but I'm sure they play up to the last week of September, but I want to say they end on like a Tuesday is the last game, but, uh, you could have had earlier, like in, in October then, couldn't you? You could have. I mean, I, I don't know what sluggers like if they have events going on there beforehand, my guess is that they probably looked at their biggest recruits who want to come to this thing. Well, that's yeah. potentially DJ Wagner and said, like, when can they make it? When, when, well, that when... matters more than anything exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. And also, I mean, maybe some of the big celebrities that they want to have in town, maybe they had to look at Harlow's calendar probably to figure yeah. out when he could make this happen. Because, like, Harlow brings the recruits and he's one for one. We've used him once. He got us Brandon Huntley Hatfield. We need him to get some more now. He might even help us at the kickball tournament for all we know. I mean, if we get Caleb Foster, then he's two for two. So we'll see. I mean, that means Harlow's popping. It's like, will Kenny Payne ever get his own recruit? Harlow's two for two. Kenny Payne's just whipping on Kenny everybody. Kenny Payne may have won the games, but Harlow got him the recruits. Jack Harlow got those recruits. Uh, so we'll figure out <laughs> who else is going to be here that weekend. I think they were trying to make it work for as many people as possible. That's my assumption with it, because that date doesn't make all the other big kickoff events, like Big Blue Madness and the Kansas event and those things. Like they're going to happen late September, early October. We're going to be kind of isolated, but that could be a good thing for us because now you're not competing with any of those events to have recruits on your campus. Are we going to put, I guess, how, how, I, I didn't see the video. I saw the, the, the tweet, but I didn't, I mean, are we talking about putting the court like in the middle of the field? There or? was, there was nothing like that on any of the teasers. It was just okay, like, it was I a montage sure. of past Louisville odds. Oh, well, okay. So, the, so, I mean, have you, have you heard anything about maybe how they're going to do a setup with this? I would guess it's going to be like right there in the outfield. Just in the outfield, you think? Yeah, and then the maximum amount of eyes people would set up. A, Do we just let the people flow into the field all around it, I guess? I would think that there would be some of that. There will be some general seating as well. Like you can get, you buy tickets, sit in the stands and whatever. I guess I, just maybe set up like a concert except for instead of a stage you have a, a Exactly. Court, yeah. I think that's the way it's going to wind up looking. I mean, it looked cool last year with something similar because you had the people who were at the grandstands and Churchill Downs who could, on those little <sighs> like deck areas who could watch from the over-the-top. And then you people who could walk up there, they had some bleachers there. Like last year, I think was perfect. And I, in an ideal well, world, they'll go back to that next year, unless yeah. this is just like a rousing success. Well, I mean, the thing is, but about, the packs gonna look so different. So but, there's no point. But the thing with last year is that, and, and and I don't know, you know, chicken or the egg is, it looks so packed. Whether it was because of Louisville Live, whether it was because of the, the, exactly, Downs, either way, I don't want to do this here and it look like half empty. I don't think it will. I, I mean, I don't think it will, but it's going to look, I think, I mean, the, the impact that you had the Churchill Downs crowd, I mean, Sucker Field's pretty big. I mean, it's you're not you're clearly not going to fill this place up. This is why I think. But if you can at least fill the, the field up, know, I'll be happy. They hid Jack Harlow from being a thing in 2019 when he came. And, and obviously he wasn't as big of a star as he is now. But no, no. But I remember he it. came on our show. We came on our radio show and like had to like hide the fact that he was coming. They hid the fact that Donovan Mitchell was coming. Like he like. He came on our show, too, and he was like, yeah, I think it'll be a great event. I wish I could make it and all this stuff. And they made him surprise guests. If they want this thing to be as crowded as possible, they need to promote yeah. if these people are yeah, coming. They need to let people ahead of time. Like Surprises are cool. 
but make the surprise like I don't know, you know, Montrezl Harrell coming back for another year or something like that. Like it doesn't need to be if Harlow is going to be there and you can fill as many seats as possible, or Donovan Mitchell is going to be there, or whomever. Go ahead and let it be known weeks in advance so you can sell as many tickets as possible. I mean, I'm with you. Four Street was always going to look cool because it was a smaller, tighter venue. That was easy. Yeah. And then last year you had the ability to be like, 102,000 people are here at Churchill Downs for Louisville Live. And this year you're kind of more, you're more on an island. It's it's more difficult to to hide the fact if you don't have a great crowd. So I hope it works out. I think it should be good. I think it's become enough of a staple that people will show up. But you're right. If it's like even slightly smaller than they expect, the optics have a chance of looking not great. I mean, if you like I said, if we can fill the field up to a degree, and just like maybe like a a, a chunk, if not a, a piece of good the grandstands or not grandstands, I guess what you call it. Because if you set the stage up, you probably would put people. I guess it depends where they put the 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 court up where you would like put attendance at. Because if you put it close to home plate, you could put people in actual seats. But if you put it close to the outfield, you're could you build a court on top of that mound? Because you're probably putting people on like the terrace and stuff more. Yeah. You're, not, you're not really going to put. I mean, are you going to put people really in the stands that far away from where the court will be if it's in the outfield? Probably not. You'll probably have them on the terrace I mean, and like in the surroundings. And yeah. The burn and they, all that Because they took, but they also they took some of those stands out. I think last year too. Right, but that's more seating room or yeah. standing room, I should say. That's true. Yeah. For that area, I think it'd be, it, it, that could work out okay. I mean, you want I, if you're Louisville, you, if you, I'd put it in the outfield. Cause you're right. I don't know about the mound thing, but I'd almost put it in the outfield just so I could push a majority of my people going onto the field field. because that's the look you want to get from a view from like behind it where you got a whole field and you can crop it or you don't even see the stands yeah i if i had to guess i would guess that's going to be the plan but i've got yeah i don't know if you can put we'll find out i guess guess you're levitating the court a little bit up though it'd be it wouldn't be like laying on the mound per se our only guards get hurt like (laughs) guards like plural on the mound we have plural guards hersey oh yeah (laughs) it's like I didn't know you could, you could pluralize a singular person. I'm calling Kamari Lands and Mike James guards now. I'm, I'm, I'm over oh, the you, one. you finally came aboard, huh? I'm just switching it. We're, I, just, we're just calling them guards. Okay, because I've, I've been telling you to count them, and you didn't like, oh, they're small forward. They're wing. Well, they are, but <laughs> we're calling them guards now. We're changing their names. We're, we're calling it. We're, we're changing the roster. Who's it, Mike James, and who's the other one you're going to? Kamari Lands. Okay, yeah. I think Lands is going to start at the two. We'll see. <laughs> That's my guess. This, I mean, James... vital, this vital news is bumming me out. What's news? This vital news is bumming me out. Oh, vital news. Okay. I said vital. I was like, what vital news? No, I'm sad. Um, all right, we have to take How a break. How do you say the season's been over for two months just because it's now finally ended? But I love Joey. I don't want to be hurt. I'm, I'm worried this is the beginning of the very end. I think the beginning of the end was when he turned 38. Well, it usually is. But last year, he was so good. We'll see. Uh, we have to go to break before we do. Remind you guys about our friends over at AirServe. EMTs for your air conditioning. Technicians available 24-7. Focus on air quality and energy efficiency, whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted. AirServe is always going to make sure that you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home. Give them a call today at 502-264-9662 or visit them online at airserve.com backslash Louisville. That's A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. We'll take a break. We'll come back. How many records, school records, Kimberly Cunningham break this year? We'll pick Trevor Kelsey's brain about that. Coming up after the break, it's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
Welcome back in. Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. I barely was a dialogue in the middle of the video. I didn't know. I know you let the song play this long. What was that? It's some old guy talking to the uh, lead singer. What? All right, that's enough. Do you know this is thing? Not not her, but no idea. The uh, the original singer, Eddie Money. No, it's Bruce Willis. Is it really? It's Bruce Willis. Yeah. So are these all just like these actors? are all TV stars who decided to make music. What was the first song? I don't Don know. Johnson, Heartbeat. Oh, okay, I didn't. I Looking didn't know for it. a heartbeat. I thought for a second there it was all going to be like heart songs because my heart's gone haywire. And I was like, no, no, poor taste, Trevor. Too soon. <laughs> I remember I, play, I think I played Heart the day you had the heart monitor on. You did. <laughs> but we didn't know that the results were going to be bad. I was like. Let's make sure I'm not going to just drop dead before we start making fun of it. I'm all for making fun of it in the meantime, but... Well, that's the better... T- then you have to make fun of it right away, because if not, because once the news turns bad, then you can't make fun of it. That's true. You gotta get it out, you gotta get it out before it's, you know, we know it's in bad taste. You're not wrong, well. <laughs> okay. Because more often than not, it's going to be in bad taste. Okay. See, okay, so why got- is Papa John trending? Okay, I, I know why. I'm nervous about it. I'm going to click on it. No, I know why. I saw it earlier. Oh, he's offering pop of holes that are all topping no crust. What, nope. a, t- what a terrible idea. I thought, he, Twitter's just going off on him. Getting in twi- it didn't matter what they put out there. Twitter's just bashing it because they hate Papa John. But Well, but also this is deserved to be bashed. I mean, it's in, it's an outside-the-box idea. I mean... So are the Papadillas. <laughs> which, that's just a cheap calzone. Come on. I mean, there was really no out-of-the-box thinking on that. Okay, like, hey, let's just... Let's, well, I mean, that's like saying the Pizone was an out-of-the-box idea. He, they're legit just throwing a bunch of toppings in they, a bowl. I know. And it, well, there's three versions. There's like, uh, there's chicken Alfredo. There's, there's a, which it's called like green something, which is pretty much a salad, I guess. And then the meat trio. I, I tried to get like a picture to see what it looked. There's a picture of it, but it's hard to kind of get a. There's a picture right here. Yeah, but it's hard to get a close-up grasp of what it look, really looks like. I prefer the far away look. Depending, <laughs> based on what I'm hearing about these uh, Yeah, I mean, while I'm all for trying something different in a fast food restaurant, I don't see this one lasting. Well, the thing is, it's not just people hating Papa John, because Papa John has no affiliation with Papa John's anymore. Yeah, but they're all saying this is his bad idea when he's like... I don't think so. I think people... I, I see people just using the meme of, like, this being, like, Papa John's day of reckoning. Like, he's <laughs> he's watching the company fall apart because they're having terrible ideas. You like Papa John's pizza? Do you like Papa John's pizza? I mean, I don't hate it, but... Okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's a fast it's food a pizza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what you're getting. Because um, they do have this... Like, they did their stuffed crust pizza with the pepperoni, which was decent. It's not good. It was okay. I tried. It was bad. I mean, it's... No, it's not bad. It's, it's okay. I like it more than Pizza Hut. Ooh, I don't know about that. Pizza Hut's just so greasy, though. Pizza Hut's the worst. It's just... It depends on your grease level. Uh, but in a bowl, I mean... is This is... I am confused. I almost want to order one just to see what it's... Because, I mean... Does it have sauce in it? Doesn't look like it. Does so. This is just basically cheese. Like so, if I get the meat lovers, it's just cheese and pepperoni. I mean, is it hot? I, you're asking questions about the pop bowl, I mean, which I didn't know existed two minutes ago. Yeah. I don't have these answers. I have several questions. I need to know. Like I, I want to know. Like what? I, I gotta. I gotta know. What's this look like? I mean, it can't be any worse than the famous bowl from this KFC. This is an after-show investigation for you. Speaking of after-show, I got a question for you. Okay. So at the break, I had four missed calls. Oh. All from the same number, not in my phone. Sick brag. And then right after I missed had all four missed calls, I get a text from said number saying, Hey Trevor, give me a call. I don't have this number in my phone. 
I save every number in my phone. Is it Dugan? I don't think so. Is it Troy? It's a thread that I, it's the number that's never texted me either before. Like it's the only text. Hmm. And I don't know because again I save every number. My you call me once. Now that's interesting. And I save your name because I I am an avid no answer if you don't have the number my name on my phone. Now I will say this: this doesn't sound like a text scam, but text scams are getting more savvy. They like, are. They're starting to do this thing. I don't know if this has happened to anybody else. It's happened to my wife a couple of times where, like, it's a picture of. Like, someone will send a picture of, like, a tennis court. And they'll be like, hey, Annie, it's Ryan. Are, I, I'm at the tennis court. Are we still doing this? And then, like, they want you to be like, hey, so sorry. Like, I think you got the wrong number. This is actually Mary. And then they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And they get into, like, a conversation with you where it's like, oh, I texted this person the wrong thing. And we developed this relationship. And then I scammed them out of money. Like, that's what they're trying to go for. And, like, like well, if they're going for money, they're, 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 they're evolving. They chose poorly on this But one. they're trying, <laughs> what, they're, what they're trying to do is, like, it used to be Facebook schemes where you could get these, uh, it was terrible. Like, they would pose as men who were preying on these older single women. Okay. And they would end up, like, getting them to, like, send $100. I'm in this foreign country or whatever. Like, I know yeah, this. I know I know that And scheme, now they're yeah. trying to, they're hoping that they can catfish, like, a, a lonely guy who, like, hey, I'm Annie. I'm waiting to play tennis with Ryan. And, like, oh, like, I think, you know, we developed this rapport and, I just really need two hundred dollars to make it to you know get some 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 food for my baby or something like it's it's despicable but they're becoming they're evolving. All I say like every single time you get like any sort of text link, just just don't click on it. Just it, oh, might, it that, might be legit, but better safe than sorry. No, I always if it's legit, they'll text you back. I delete that, but I'm just I'm curious. I mean, this is interesting though. I mean, because I get ran every day. I get a random call from like different states, which I know are spam. Like this morning, I got one from Tucson. Four calls is aggressive though. But yeah, and then and it's all from the same number. I don't have this number in my phone. I don't have any other. Like I click on it, just shows just the recent missed calls, only ones that they ever call. Is this someone who might be going to jail? I don't have. I need your help. I mean, I, it's weird that we were talking about Manzatteo and catfishing, and then here we are, like, thirty minutes later, and I'm getting this this type of thing. I don't, yeah. It's, I mean, because I think my phone number might be listed on my Facebook page too. Yeah, you should get that off. I don't know if I did or not. The thing is, I say that like, my phone number's not anywhere. I still get probably 17 spam calls a week. Like, I mean, it's, it's I mean, absurd. it's not like you can't. My numbers, yours and mine are both probably listed still in the like the writers' association books and stuff. But it's not even that. It's if you buy something online, you use your phone number. Like, it, it, yeah, I've it seen gets that. Out. Yeah, I've like I do that. get a bunch of. But like four, usually if it's a scam number, they'll call back maybe twice in a row. But four seems like somebody who's a plus. Real if it's somebody knows me, they should know I'm on. I mean, they they know I people. Anybody knows me know what I do radio. I mean, it's it's just the feds. Is, the feds wouldn't they call heard you, tell you. The, they heard you tell the helicopter raid story yesterday. <laughs> We're coming to finally. Get They're you. now setting you up. They're trying to get you out of the building. They're all outside. Boy, am I gonna feel bad if that winds up being the truth. Yeah, you got to see if the cops are waiting for me. <laughs> If they are, tell my left. <laughs> I know. I think so. We have Jenna. Jenna's back for what? One more day next week. She's got one day. She's reading up. Here, here's all the love, and I've got a few minutes before I got called Nick. She's got this book. It's pretty thick. How many pages is it again? Four hundred fifty. And she's almost done with it. Intriguing story, by the way, of a seventeen-year-old girl who gets awarded an inheritance of four point two billion dollars from as, as my Jenna God. points out from someone she doesn't know. Brewster's millions. But she has. That's what I said almost. But and so unlike unlike Brewster's Millions, which is a, by the way a very underrated classic '80s comedy Good film, um, this one this 17 year old girl has to go stay in this guy's house for a year with his family. With his family, who's been disinherited? Who's been disinherited? Hmm. I like the plot. I like the plot too. It, I, I mean, the whole first hour of the show, I'm like listening to you, thinking, 
when will this guy shut up so I can go to break and I can talk to Jenna about the book? Are you going to read this book? I'm almost done, though. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the movie, personally. What's it called? What's it called again? The Inheritance Games. The Inheritance Games. So it's kind of a play on Hunger and Game of Thrones, I think, they're going for. Oh, and now it's a series? Oh, and that's a series. Now I'm yeah. out. Now I'm well, out. Now we know she, but now we know she survives the first one. No, there's there's more, Jen. I just looked it up. The oh. Final Gambit is also, it, there's there three of these. There's three. He said there's also a Final Gambit. Is it out yet? Is it? She's so, she's so upset. Yeah, she can buy all three together. You can buy all three together. No way. Is she, that she, Jennifer Lynn Barnes? Yes. Yeah. There are three of them. So she started this book this morning, and now she's done with it, pretty much. Jenna, you're reading them out of order. You're reading them out of order, he said. No, I'm not. I know. I just want to see her face. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I like, doing bouncing? I'm like, Ugh. I mean, the, the book sounds, I mean. It's this, got good reviews on Goodreads. I mean, will, will, I, will I take the time to read it? Probably not, because, I mean, I just. It would take me. I can see how this would be a page. A long turn. time, but yeah. I, it, it's intriguing. The story's got me. Yeah, she's. And it's. It doesn't come out until the end of this month. Yeah, end of this month. Well, it's a, it's, you can buy all three together as long as you can see, Jenna. Yeah, pre-order. Yeah, pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> pre-order. It does say perfect for fans of One of Us is Lying and Knives Out. I loved Knives Out. Knives Out is one of the few uh, Rian Johnson movies. Actually, it's the only Johnson movie I like. It's great. Because he destroyed Star Wars. It's not the only Johnson movie I <laughs> he, like. He, yeah. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> uh, Rian Johnson, how do you pronounce his name, uh, completely uh, destroyed the Star Wars second trilogy. Pooped all over it. Heard people say Ruined that. It. I've never asked someone watched them. But Ruined Knives it out, completely. Knives, Knives out, out rules. I love Knives Out. Excellent movie. Which, I had people like, oh, you like? You should go watch it, even though I know you hate Rian Johnson. And I'm like, I'll watch it. And I went into that knowing I hate him, but walked out loving that movie. So there's an example for you that you can suck it. But that wasn't like that wasn't a suck whole... It? <laughs> that was I said suck it You'll dislike the movie You like an actor So you keep talking Yet I've told you I've dropped the suck it already Once again I take it all back There's You're people out in the hallway like, Insanely open minded It is Wednesday We're screaming suck it They're like what is going on in You there? have to call Nick Kern Let's get Nick Kern yeah. on the phone Let's save the show uh, We're going to talk with Nick Kern The play-by-play voice For everything here in Louisville Pretty much But also the Louisville Bats We'll talk about uh the Bats' current homestand, they're back in action tonight at Slugger Field. That's why we're off the air a little bit early today. Uh, you'll hear all the action right here, as you always do, on 1450 The Big X. 6.05 is when the uh, pregame coverage will start. 6.35 is going to be the first pitch. The Bats uh, back for the second of six games against Omaha. Uh, they'll also play at 6.35 tomorrow, 7.05 on Friday, and then the standard late-night games with, fri- with fireworks coming up on Saturday. Should be a good time. We'll talk with Nick Kern all about that. We'll talk about Spencer Steer being red hot. Maybe we can get into the Joey Votto news of the day, which is him calling it a season because of a torn rotator cuff. Um, Bats also some exciting prospects for the future. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. The Reds, if you looked at the, I think it was baseball uh, today, some one of these, the athletic was the one who ranked the top 100 prospects in all of major league baseball. The Reds have five in that top 100 list. You could be seeing some of those guys on the bats in the near future. It should be an exciting time around here to be a Bats fan. Hopefully, exciting time maybe in the future to be a Reds fan. Uh, bats, by the way, last night, in case you're wondering, they do take game one from Omaha. Don't have the final score in front of me, but they won. That's all that matters. Do we have Nick on the line? She <laughs> Jenna just bought the third book because apparently now she does pre-order. I didn't know. <laughs> Jenna. 
Yes, Nick is ready. He may have hung up by now listening to that. Probably. It was an 11-3 win yesterday, the Bats over Omaha. It was also Dog Day at the park. We love Dog Day out there at Slugger Field. Again, 635 tonight, Wine Slushy Wednesday out there at Slugger. If you can't make it out to the ballpark, you'll hear all the action right here on 1450 The Big X. And the voice that you always hear calling the Bats is with us now, Nick Curran. Nick, welcome back into the show, man. How are you? Doing well, Mike. How are you? Sounds it already sounds raucous down there at Slugger. What's going on? Sounds uh, sounds like yeah. I'm out here. Uh, I'm in I'm in the stands. Was uh, was watching batting practice and so moved up into the seats. So we are uh, we're in the midst of BP. Love it. The uh, up tempo music always uh, always a must during batting practice. So the bats not last night. Eleven to three. Sounds like uh, the bats both literally and figuratively, staying hot, uh, big-time win. Hopefully we can transition that and carry it over and have a, another big night tonight. How was last night's game? Who was the star of stars for the Bats? Yeah, it was uh, been playing well lately. Last night, Christian Santana had a big night, uh, a, a bases-clearing double and a home run, uh, drove in four of the Bats' 11 runs, and uh, Louisville had eight extra base hits in the game, which matched the season high. They were uh, swinging it well last night, and, uh, definitely looking to to keep that going tonight. Santana also had a a great defensive play that that made uh, one of the Sports Center top tens last night. Kind of ranging into foul ground at third base and a a jump throw against his body that was pretty spectacular. So, um, yeah, he had a great game. Really, the entire team did. It was a big time offensive night. And Randy Wynn has been solid as a starter for the bats throughout the year. Uh, a rocky first inning allowed three runs and eight batters, but settled in after that and didn't allow anything else, made it through six and a third. He was really good, and uh, the bullpen came in and, and locked down Omaha. It was, it was a good team win. Now, the, the parent club, the Cincinnati Reds, already played today, and they won a one nothing thriller over the Phillies. A couple of no- noteworthy items from a couple of guys who have played for the Bats this year. One, very cool to see Jose Barrero get his first career walk-off. I know he's been uh, with the Bats multiple times this season. And then also Joey Votto who's had a, a couple of games in a Bats uniform, announces that he's going to be done for the year because of a torn rotator cuff. So the good and the bad there with some former Bats who are now playing for the uh, the, the parent cup club. Yeah, good to see it for Barrero. He's a guy that uh, was scuffling a little bit here and, and, and seemed to uh, finally figure something out the last couple of weeks he was here before being promoted, and they've gone with him as the starting shortstop now on an everyday basis in the big leagues. and. Had a two-homer game, which was cool, and, and now uh, now the walk-off. So really need to see that for him. And I think as his confidence grows, he's certainly got all the ability. He'll uh, he'll keep performing well. He works really hard at it. and um, So cool to see that for him. And uh, tough news with Votto. Uh, sounds like he's been battling it since 2015. Uh, and, and finally it just flared up to a point where, where they said he had to have surgery, which is – Kind of crazy to think about something that happened seven years ago, leading to uh, to surgery now, and and how, how much he's been able to sort of overcome it and and uh, and just uh, and just manage pain at times uh, is pretty nuts and a testament to to uh, how tough he is. So uh, definitely a big blow. Obviously a clubhouse leader there, and and not to mention on the field. So. Um, We'll see what that means for this Louisville roster going forward. Perhaps uh, that means someone will uh, will head to the big leagues from here. Uh, the Reds off tomorrow before they hit the road to go to Pittsburgh on Friday. So uh, we'll see what it means for, for this club. But devastating news there as uh, never want to see that. But uh, said about a six-month recovery time, and he's hoping to be ready to go for spring training. And hopefully he is and, and back on track for then. 
is exciting for you guys. I know I was just talking before you came on the air. The Athletic came out with their updated list of the top 100 minor league prospects in all of baseball. And I think five of them are in the Reds organization. Uh, I mean, guys like Elliot De La Cruz, you've got Cam Collier now who's just drafted. Like, is it exciting for, you know, for, for bats employees, for people to think about maybe some of these guys coming up here and playing for Louisville in the not so distant future? Yeah, I think so. I think um, that's always stuff we're looking ahead to from here. There's always names in the pipeline that you're looking forward to seeing. Um, and, and it's been that way over the years. So I, I definitely think it's something like next year, everyone's hoping to see Ellie De La Cruz here, obviously, uh, for to start the season. Maybe he makes it here for the end of this year. But you've got uh, a guy like De La Cruz, a guy like Matt McClain, who are both playing at AA, who very well could be here. Uh, it's not late this year, certainly next year. And uh, and that is exciting. You know, those guys have been exciting players. And uh, I think that's really what it's all about, especially uh, lately here with this team. There there hasn't been a whole lot of winning. Uh, obviously not a winning season since 2011 and no playoff berth since 2010. So it, it really is about seeing those exciting guys on the way up. And, um there's a lot of fun in that. Billy Hamilton was here in 2013, a team that had a losing record, but uh, was stealing bases left and right. Some 76 steals that year was just an electric guy to watch. And uh, I think uh, Aristides Aquino that way in 2019, fun to watch him uh, just have a spectacular year here. And um, even if it doesn't translate into wins all the time, it's it's still a lot of fun to see guys that are that are on their way to the big leagues that you can see uh, the ability they have, and and I think uh, that does give everyone excitement around here when you know there's there's guys on their way like that. We're talking with Nick Kern, the voice of the Louisville Bats. You can catch all the Bats action always right here on 1450 The Big X. Uh, Nick, I, I, I've heard there is another Marvel superhero night going down this weekend. What can fans expect? I believe it's Saturday's game, correct, against Omaha? It is Saturday, uh, Captain America this time around. So the Love Bats it. will be wearing Captain America jerseys. They look really good. The Sam Wilson version of, uh, of Captain America. The jerseys look great. Um, and then Captain America will be here, autographs and things in the Hall of Fame pavilion, meet and greets and, and pictures and, and that sort of thing. So that'll be uh, a, a big night. Uh, 7.05, as you mentioned, fireworks after the game. So fireworks Friday and Saturday, always huge. Friday will be cool. Uh, giving away a Buddy Bat Jet bobblehead because it is National Aviation Day. The first 1,500 get to Buddy Bat flying a Spirit Airline jet um, on a bobblehead. It, it's a very unique one, and so uh, that we need on Friday night with uh, with fireworks after that game. So a lot going on in the weekend, and uh, a cool giveaway if you come out on, on Friday. Very cool. I know we had Dog Day at the park last night as well, so unfortunately, people listening right now, if you didn't make it out there, you missed it, but we still got good stuff going on the next three days as well. Um, wine Slushy Wednesday, you got Happy Hour as always on Thursday. Um, plenty of good opportunities. The weather looks like it's going to be pretty good these next few days. Plenty of opportunities to make it out to the ballpark and enjoy yourself, correct? Yeah, great weather uh, in the forecast, and uh, tomorrow night also Women in Sports Night in addition to the $2 beer happy hour. So, uh Kind of a partnership with uh, with Racing Louisville FC, and several of their players will be here throwing out a first pitch and and uh, some autographs as well. And I think uh, some of the uh, members of teams that are here for the Women's Cup will be here as as well. So uh, it'll be a cool night tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Uh, first time the Bats have, have kind of done something like that. So that should be really neat. And 
Uh, like we talked about, Friday and Saturday, good nights. And then Sunday, the day game, 105, we'll have inflatables in the Hall of Fame for kids, and kids run the bases after the game and, and eat free as well. So a uh, great weekend, uh, the Royals AAA affiliate. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to everything the rest of the week and, and uh, hopefully some more wins off to a good start in the series. I'm having a hard time getting over the image of a bobblehead of Buddy the Bat flying a Spirit Airlines jet. It's all I can think about now. It's all I've, I've got to see yeah. this thing. I've got to get my hands on one. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to hook you up. Um, it, it's uh it's worth uh getting out to get very unique. First time I've seen one like it. So <laughs> uh, it, it, it's perfect if you know Buddy. Very apropos that he would be uh, in the cockpit in the cockpit flying a jet so that'll be a it's, it's a pretty perfect combination he is nick kern you know his voice you love him uh follow him on twitter at nick kern 35 if you don't already and listen to him calling all the little bass action right here on 1450 the big x nick as always appreciate the time my man thanks mike we'll see ya all right that is uh nick kern talking about the bats i mean buddy the bat flying first of all spirit airlines jet. <laughs> no. I, I can't get over it i can't like robert said it, i was like every detail just got better yeah, I heard it yesterday when during the broadcast. Not the same thing. <laughs> How do you have you have all the bats insider information? You're not giving me any of it. You do one bats game in the last like three weeks, and you're getting all sorts of gold <laughs> details, and you're sharing none of it with me. Well, in defense of the Louisville Live thing, I honestly I was going to actually like, text and say something to you, but I was like, he probably knows. I didn't know. I really. That's didn't. like so okay. I was like, that's something like because like I just assume that you're gonna you're gonna figure it out. By the way, I actually speaking of figure out mysteries, I know the mystery number now. Oh. Do you? Is it yeah. something you can share on air? It's work-related. Okay. I know the reason I figured out is because when you were talking to Nick, I went to check my email for something. Found the number. And I got an email, and when I clicked on it, I saw in the guy in the emailer's signature the number. I was like, that looks like, I was like, wait a second. I looked at it, and I went back, yeah. I sent you, so I, I just now checked our text message. I actually sent this to you earlier today, and apparently I'm just now noticing that it didn't go through. Yeah, I was, I never received a text from you. But I, so yesterday during the show, we of course got onto the pole vault conversation again because it's it's Tuesday. We have to talk about pole vaulting and you <laughs> doing it. But so I remember I Google searched how much does a pole vault sit cost. Oh yeah, it's like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, ungodly expensive. But yeah. ever since I did that, all of my targeted ads, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. It's all- they're oh, not pole vault stuff, but it's these like these flexibility, like stick mobility training sticks where you like <laughs> you put them in the ground. They like bend and, like you're supposed to like it's working on your back everywhere I go. And I'm like, why? Like all day today, I'm like, why am I getting these? Yeah. Usually I can figure out like why I'm getting. Yeah. Maybe I clicked on something on Instagram or I was talking about something to my wife and Facebook overheard uh, you it. I love the Facebook ads. God, it's, it, it's ridiculous. But this one, I was like, why am I getting all like every single app? And then I was like, oh, my God. It's because I Twitter. It's because I Google search <laughs> pole vault stick cost. Ridiculous. Do you remember the devil sticks? Devil sticks? Yeah. Do you remember devil sticks from back in like the uh, early 2000s, late 90s? No. It was a two stick. It was two sticks that you had. It was three total sticks, but you used two of them like that were skinnier, and you would just bounce around the third stick between two of them and do. Like, oh, well, like people that do this during like raids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were called devil sticks. I thought this was gonna be like a toy. Well, it's kind of kind a toy. of a toy. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of a. I mean, I think of goth kids like partying under. Yeah, a, you know, a I mean, bridge. it's in the same realm of your of your hacky sacks and other little gotcha. like yeah. you know gimmick stuff like. I know that. what you're talking about. I don't know why you're just talking about the the pole stick. It just made me think of the because I had some of those. I remember my my roommate uh, got got them and we I tried to mess with them and. 
<laughs> wasn't very good at those things. I was trying to imagine you doing that successfully, and it was a hard, hard image to formulate. I was just say this: you probably have a better chance of me doing the pole vault than actually successfully doing the double stick. I might buy you on that. What was it? Remember? Uh, I don't know why I'm having like a flashback to my youth of toys. What was the thing called? It looked like it was a big rubber ball and had like a piece of plastic wrapped around it, and you you just stood on it, and you jumped, you hopped around on it. Like the, the kind of the pogo stick thing. It looks like a pogo ball. stick, but we it was one just, of those. I don't know what it's called. But yeah, I had one. Going. Oh, I was, oh, I, you did. I, I hate you because it was so hard to find those. It when was, I was not a kid. that cool. Trust me. Well, by the time you, I finally got a hold of one when I was younger, and I was so disappointed. I was so excited to get it, yet so disappointed because it didn't bounce. Like it's I not just, cool. It's I just not... stood on it and it just sat there, and I'm like, bounce. And I'm that like, wasn't <laughs> just you. That thing sucked. It was not. It was not nearly. It was popular as hell though. Like all toys in the '90s, it was not nearly what the commercials led you to believe it was no, going to be. No, no, no. <laughs> all right, we have to go to break. When okay. we come back, I want to get to some Malik Cunningham stuff. Before yeah. we do, though, reminding you guys, First Bankers Trust, our newest sponsor. We love them over at FirstBankersTrust.com. First Bankers Trust, they have proven investment philosophy, which focuses on owning stocks that pay rising dividends, providing their clients with a growing income stream while minimizing risk. That's the First Bankers Trust guarantee. FirstBankersTrust.com. Hey, everything starts with trust. Invest in yourself and invest with First Bankers Trust. We'll go to break when we come back. How many records can Malik Cunningham potentially set this upcoming fall? We'll pick Trevor Kelsey's brain about that. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Wednesday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Don't give up on us, baby. Don't make the seem right. The future isn't just one night. It's written in the moonlight. Painted on I don't even know what to say. <laughs> do, you, do you know who this is? I don't. Do you not recognize the song? I recognize the song. I don't know who sings it. What do you recognize it from? I don't. I just know the song. <laughs> this is David Soul, by the way, who was famous. I don't know who that is. Famous for playing Starsky in the TV show. Okay. And when I went and saw Starsky catch the movie. That's what. I, you, that's what it is. And he and he plays. This, there you go. I kid you not. I'm the only one to see that laughed. I wouldn't have like, gotten the reference. No one it's got funny. it except for me. I'm the oldest, probably one in the theater. And I said, when as soon as he sings that first verse in the movie, I just start laughing because I remember the song. Incredible. I, I I knew I don't I mean I don't remember I wasn't born but I knew the song, I knew about it and like I just start laughing and I remember just remember my girlfriend looking at me like, what's so funny? I'm like, it's David Soul. It's, she's like, 
who? I'm like, never mind. You're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say real quick before we get into the Malik Cunningham discussion? I've got to point something out real quick. So. <laughs> We've obviously, we've done, we've had a lot of fun with the DJ Wagner update of the day, so. Oh, do I need to get it loaded? No, no, no. no. Okay. But for the most part, a lot of the DJ, we've had so many updates that it's been able to be a daily thing, at least for the last two months, because, like, these recruiting guys have been giving us, quote-unquote, new information all the time. And you and I have kind of wondered secretly, not so secretly, if, is Wagner really flip-flopping that much, or has his recruitment just been stagnant this whole time, and everybody's just making stuff up? And one of the key figures in this, a guy who I had never heard of, before this summer, Jamie Shaw of 24-7 Sports, right? He's the guy who says, when we hire Milt Wagner, like, it's a done deal, Wagner to Louisville, and a commitment to, could be imminent, is the word he used. <laughs> and then the guy that did the peach jam stuff? Exactly. No more than five weeks later, he says, he flips his prediction officially and says, it's 95% that Wagner's going to UK, and he's probably going to commit a peach jam. Both those things clearly wrong. Yeah, yeah, so yesterday, <laughs> I see a like all all of a sudden I've, I see like a twenty four seven sports tweet about like oh my gosh, we have a new breaking intel. Jamie Shaw says Bronny James. Jamie Shaw. <laughs> Bronny James committing to Oregon could be imminent. It's happening. He's making his official prediction. And then the first thing that I see when I wake up tomorrow, because I was like I was like I'd believe it if it was anybody else. This guy, like, I don't even know who this guy is. And who's he right for again? Twenty four seven sports, but I okay. believe. Do them are on three. I think it's twenty four seven sports. That's probably should be. Sounds like an on three guy because we know how much respect we give them. It does kind of sound like an on three guy. Um, on just... three, I take it back. Yeah, I, my, what a shock, right? My deepest apologies to twenty four seven sports. Yeah, he, he's an on three guy. Um, More so, shots fired at on three over here. So he comes out and says, "Bronny James, Oregon," and I'm like, "Yeah, this guy is he just making stuff up?" First thing I see when I roll out of bed this morning and check Twitter, Adam Zagoria quoting LeBron James saying, "That's completely made up. There's no truth to it. Don't buy it." I'm like, "I'm like this guy. Like uh, he's gone from completely unknown to like having U of L and UK fans both like very upset with him, and then now LeBron James openly calling him out. That's a hell of a summer." Props to him. <laughs> he knows the game. He's playing it well. I mean, unfortunately, though, he's playing the the, the the style that only gets you so much time in the spotlight before you're completely dismissed and become a running joke. Exactly. But you at least have a couple that of moments. 15, that 15 minutes of fame, which everyone is seeking. Or for Dan Dockett, like 18 years somehow. <laughs> well, Dockett's also just ruined. He had better. He just yeah, he, took, he, he chose poorly. <laughs> he did. He could have stayed in the spotlight if he wanted to be half intelligent. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, you know, LeBron James, like, no, it's not happening. Now, okay, before we get this Malik Cunningham stuff, first of all, did you read News and Notes today on Car Chronicle? If not, better than if you did. I mean, no. Okay, good. So ESPN. I mean, I'll tell you, this is going to be attached to the break when you asked me the last book I read again. No, I didn't. Which I've told you before. I, I want to pull. I'm gonna pull the. Uh, you have told the me. The I, I, I knew I'd asked you before because yeah. you also because then I gave you a couple suggestions and you wrote them down. And you have not. Well, one of them I want. I one of them you didn't give me. I know we, we gotta get this, this stuff, but one of them was the intriguing one, which is the one that's owned by Leonardo DiCaprio. Devil in the White City, which is now yeah. gonna be a series on that. Hulu. That does intrigue me. That that that's a book I would actually consider maybe reading. It's good. I think. But now that I'm getting a movie, I'm like screw it. Yeah, that's what I figured. Well, it's a series. <laughs> but Jenna finished her book. She's so excited. She finished, she, what, a, what a day for Jenna in the studio. Finishing a book. She was like, it was the most excited we've seen Jenna in like two months. Oh, she, yeah, not since. The, She's like, I knew it. Not since what's his name didn't get traded from the Cubs. Has she ever been this happy? She's loving it. But so ESPN today, it made me feel smart. They came in with their ranking of the the preseason ranking of the top 100 players in college football. Who's that? Who's they? ESPN. Okay. Ranked all 100 best players in the country. Okay. One Cardinal made the list. Can you guess who it is? Probably Malik. I Malik. Guess. Where I, do you I'm think he little... ranked? 
this is, I'm going to undersell this because I, I think I don't give him enough credit that some people do. I'm going to say 60, 69, Giggity. 47. I knew I was going to. I knew it's I was going to. I knew I was going to give him, not give him. A, that's that's a little. I mean, you're saying he's one of the top 50 players. In, I mean, I guess maybe. But The top two players are both from Alabama. Will Anderson, the, the junior linebacker, is yeah, number one. I love him. He's like the next Derek yeah, Thomas. Exactly. Yeah. And then Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, is number overrated. two. C.J. Stroud, a high state quarterback, is number three. Yeah. Stroud's um, gonna be interesting because he lost all three of those weapons. He, he is, they, but they still have. They got another player, number seven on the list, uh, Travion Henderson, the running back from yeah, Ohio State, is, is right there really as well. There, I mean, yeah, they're, they're pretty loaded. The highest ranked ACC player on this list is Brian B. Breeze from uh, from Clemson, the defensive tackle. The second highest ranked. And he's player. underachieved too a little bit. He's pretty good. Well, he's been injured. He missed a lot last season. I know that. The second highest ranked ACC player though. We're going to see him in week one. Sean Tucker, the running back from Syracuse, is number 15 on this list. Oh, just overall or number just ACC? Overall. 15th best player in college football, Sean Tucker. Where does that say back. he's ranked in terms of running backs in, like, third or fourth? He would be, let's see. I mean, you said Henderson at Ohio State. Second. Third. Fourth. He's the fourth ranked running back in the country, according to this. Sean Tucker. I mean, that's that's pretty bold. Scott. <laughs> I mean, you already shut him down once. Scott. We're going to need you to shut this guy down. But we I mean, played really, him late I, in the season last year. Are, are we really willing to say the fourth best running back is a guy that got st- shut down by Brian Brown's defense? That's what they're saying. The highest ranked a- mean, ACC offensive player outside of Tucker, though, is Devin Leary, the junior quarterback from NC State, who's number 19. And then Sam Hartman, who now unfortunately isn't going to start play, the season for yeah. Wake Forest, is number 21. Um, I believe, like, despite being a top 50 overall player in the sport, Malik Cunningham is only the fourth highest ranked quarterback in the ACC. Chris Rodriguez, by the way, is on here at 41. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, that doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know. He's behind Will Levis, though. Where do you think Will Levis is? Well, he's behind 41, so I would say 36. 33. 33. 33. Um, I mean, Le- Levis, I can understand the hype because I just, I think there's, there should be some consideration taken into what he lost in terms of Wondell Robinson, but what, does anybody know what's going on with Chris Rodriguez, by the way? No. Like people keep saying, like he's probably going to be suspended. Like Some he's t- playing in all their scrimmages. I wonder if the cow stuff was on purpose to distract people from Chris Rodriguez. False flag. Do you think he, that was that was Stoops' plan all along? It's like I want you to come out and publicly say this. That way, when we sneak Rodriguez into Week One, no one cares. Don't fall for the okie doke. That's what I think. That's what they're doing. I think they're okie doking us. I think they are too. I think. <laughs> I don't know if they're. It's a pretty elaborate plan just to get just to play a kid in week one against Miami of Ohio Look, that you probably don't need him for anyway. Stoops pulls out all the big guns. <laughs> I mean, he always does. <laughs> you don't get four straight postseason wins for nothing. That's not for just lying down, right? Hashtag it. Hashtag, Hashtag it, baby. All right, so here's what we want to talk I, about this last segment because we, we don't have that much time. Bro, one like, question. Do you think Malik should be in the top 50? Yeah. I guess fair. These rankings are so subjective. I know they are. Like, You're is, right. You know, is the third best offensive tackle in the country better than the seventh best quarterback in the country? Probably, yeah. but quarterbacks always going to have priority. You're right. You're right. Sport. It's just like if you're doing it, it's it's an impossible. Like the basketball one that I do every year or ha- used to do every year, like that's hard enough, and it's impossible enough to compare people from different positions and then throwing freshmen in there. Football is, it's just a total clickbait thing to do. It's oh, a, of it's course. It's a fun activity, but there's no way to like. I mean, you've got to have an established criteria like impact or something like that. Somehow, a written down rule of criteria to right if you want to, but there's no way. I mean, even that changes. Impossible. With, yeah, I agree. Let's talk about Malik Cunningham because Justin Rank put this together. We know the, the numbers are are great. 
He's played there for four yeah. years already. He's been he Six, was eight, a whatever. part-time starter in his first season in 2018, which was an awful team. He took the reins in 2019 and started for most of that year, even though he Evan Conley did play some as a backup. 2020, it was his team. 2021, last year, clearly it was his team. He barely got hurt. Conley hardly played at all. And so no. now he gets this extra year of eligibility because of the COVID thing, and he has a chance to set a number of school records. And I, th- I thought Justin Rank did a good job of laying out where he stands right now in all of these different categories. So okay. in terms of passing, attempts right now, he's thrown the seventh most passes in Louisville football history. Now, he's way behind Chris Redman. There's no chance of him. No, no. I wouldn't be willing to bet Redman had more pass attempts in one season, maybe, than Malik's He had might have. In, like, his entire career. Redman, <laughs> in his career, attempted 1,679 passes. That is uh, almost 500 more than second on this list, which was Brian Brom. Yeah, no one's no one's ever going to catch Redman's pass attempts, I don't Malik think. Malik has thrown 887. So, even if he threw as many passes this he'd have to throw as many passes this year as he's thrown in the previous four combined yeah. to attempt more than Chris Redman. That's not happening. I mean, yeah, Redman played three years under John L's pass-happy offense. There's that his yeah, Some of his stats, I think, will never be touched. I want to say, I guess never say never, but it's un- very unlikely. Along the same lines, completions. Chris Redman completed <laughs> 1,031 passes in his career here at Louisville. Second on the list, Teddy Bridgewater was 781. <laughs> that's 300. Granted, that was three that's seasons like three, for Teddy. I mean, it's two seasons worth of completions. Yeah, not that many. It depends, how, it depends what kind of offense you're If in. Teddy would have played another year, he could have. He, he might have broken that record. He played. He th- completed 781 passes in three seasons, including two, one his freshman year where he didn't start the first So that, if you go by the math, he's around just under 1,000 probably on average. He probably would have broken it if he played one more year. Okay. The completion record. Brian Brom is third, 780. And then Malik Cunningham, 556. He's seventh on the list. No chance of breaking that. He's seventh on both lists? Yes. Who is, who is, did you name all five ahead of him? Or did you just no, name Brom's third, Ragone's fourth, Lamar's fifth, Jay Gruden's sixth. Jay Gruden, I like that. Yeah. Was Gruden sixth on both those lists? Or was that just... Jay Gruden was sixth on both those lists. Okay. It's the same six in front of Malik. That's hilarious. The same the same six in completions. In, Different in order, though. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's, it's funny. Now they're all the same names, though. Yeah, Ragone was third in attempts and fourth in completions. Brom is second in attempts, third in completions. Teddy, Jay, Teddy, very effective. Jay Gruden, by the way, surprising when we were just rattling off quarterback names was one we didn't mention. I thought about him. I thought about it. I mean, it. I still, I mean we, even in joking and tongue-in-cheek, I'm surprised neither of us threw his name out there. Now, completion percentage, a little bit interesting. Teddy Bridgewater, all-time leader, with a very high 68.4% completion rating. That's, That's ridiculous. Pretty good, yeah. Stephon LaFour's second, 66%. Okay. Brian Brom, third, 65.8%. Malik Cunningham's fourth, all-time in completion percentage. Really? 62.7%. I don't think he can get up there. He'd have to complete like 82% of his passes this year. But maybe, I mean, it would take a monster season. Probably not going to happen. I'm no surprised at that, by the way. Yeah, 62.7%. I mean, I would have thought his career percentage was closer to the high five, under 60. No, 62.7. Okay. Passing yards. Once again, Chris Redman, untouchable here. 12,541. I mean. Brian Brom second, 10,775. Malik is down at number six, 8,096 yards. He would need... Brom had most of those in like his last year with Cragthorpe, too, didn't he? A lot. Yeah, because he, he really opened up that senior year. He Malik would need to have like 4,500 yards passing this year. For comparison's sake, he threw for just under 3,000 last yeah, year. Yeah, it's... Not yeah, happening. No. What number would you say his ranking was in that position? Sixth. Sixth. So he'll pass Bragone. <laughs> he'll probably pass Lamar. He's probably going to wind up third. We have a shot to pass Brom, but he's probably going to be third behind Brom and, and Redmond in passing yards. I mean, yeah. I mean, touchdown passes. Chris Redman, once again. Let me leader. get. Let me guess. Malik is sixth or seventh. 
He's sixth. <laughs> that seems to be a common theme so far. Redmond's 84, has eight, threw 84 yeah. touchdowns. Ragone's 74, he's second. Teddy, third, with 72. Brom, right. 71. Lamar, 69. Malik has 62 career touchdown passes. So he would need 23 touchdown passes this year to break Chris Redmond's record. Now, the last few seasons, last year, 19, 2020, shortened season through 20, and then in 2019, he threw 22. So this is certainly possible. He might break this. How one. many does he need? He needs 23. 22 to tie, 23 to, to break it. He's thrown 22 in a season before. I don't think he breaks it. I think he might. I don't know. I, I see him getting more rushing touchdowns in the red zone than anything, and I don't I know about the defense. less this year. I think I don't know. I think he has less than 20 touchdowns this year. 20 or I'll, I'll put the I'll put the over under at 20. It'll be tight. He'll he'll make he might get a run for it. And if you count bowl games, if we get, if Louisville makes a bowl game, I mean because. I don't think cause some of the, I don't think Redmond's bowl games, even though he only played in one, I believe. I don't think his stats counted for his career, do they? I think all the bowl games. Do count. they go retroactively added on? I believe so. Because because for a while they didn't count bowl game stats for career. I stats. could be wrong. I think that's I think that's yeah, what happened. I know they do now, but I'm a little, and, and I guess I'm not surprised. But Jeff Brom's name not being mentioned once didn't throw as much. Also, yeah, he, again, we got to think of the offense he played. Plus, he he missed uh, that full season with the Tennessee injury. Yeah, he did, and he also he didn't play that much as a freshman. No, he didn't. No. Uh, rushing now category. Nagel only played one year. So attempts. Our guy Walter Peacock. They're my man. By far the most rushing attempts in mobile football history. Is he really? 811 attempts. Second is Lamar Jackson with 655. And he only played three years, probably, didn't he? Lamar played three. No, Peacock. Peacock, I think, would have played all four. Did he, well, I didn't know freshmen were allowed to play back when he played in the 50s or whatever. Couldn't tell you. Because if 800 attempts at three seasons... Would be too many. That's a lot of attempts. It's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot of carrying the ball, especially in a day and age where you're getting hit a lot worse than you are now. Now Malik Less padding. Malik is sixth on this list as well. 505 career attempts. He's probably, if you look at, I know they want to run him less this year. They should. But he ran it like, 173 times last year. Going back the two seasons before, 131 and 122. If he rushes somewhere around 120, that's going to put him. Right there, like behind only Lamar and Walter Peacock, which I think is what winds up happening. Okay. Third in attempts. So he's going to, he's right now, he's hovering at six and seven in almost all these major categories. And probably going to get up in like probably third, gonna fourth, be in a, a fourth or third area. Yeah. And most of them. Now, rushing yards. Lamar Jackson did pass Walter Peacock. I mean, Lamar is a monster. 4,132 yards, almost 1,000 more yards than Walter Peacock. Who rushed for 3,204. Who's second, Lenny Lyles? Or third? I mean, sorry, third after. The legendary Nathan Poole. Is third. Oh, I about, yeah, he played in the 70s, yeah. Lenny Lyles is fourth. Lyles Howard is fourth. Stevens is fifth. Now, Howard Stevens is another one. <laughs> Malik is sixth. Lamar's the only one that played after, like, 1980. Yeah, we, we, we like throwing the ball a lot. Now, Malik is sixth with 2,619 2, yards. Okay. So, he would need this season about 1,400 yards and about 1,500 yards to pass Lamar Jackson and be number one. And last year was his main, like, really big rushing season. La- he rushed, not, it's not pretty, because his first couple of years started, he didn't, his numbers, his numbers were. He rushed for 1,031 yards last year. Yeah. So he would need to have, like, he's not going to catch Lamar, but no. a very strong chance, even if he goes back to his, like, 2019, 2020 numbers, which was 609 yards, again, playing just 11 games. Which I think it'll be more likely if we're, if we're going to be successful. But if he's healthy, he'll have at least one more game than that. So I think he probably gets number two on this list. I think he pass, passes Walter Peacock and probably gets there with like if he has 600 yards this year, he would be number two. Okay, I, I can see him doing six to seven. I would say for us for Louisville to have a really good season, I need I would like to keep him at six or seven hundred yards. Same. 
I know you think, wouldn't you think a good season would be like 14 yards rushing? No, because no. I want the running backs to do that. And he said the same thing. He says if we're, if I'm running for if I'm running that often and that much this yeah. year, it means the offense isn't working the way it's supposed exactly. to. Exactly. And Ty and Evans is going to win the Heisman. I'm well established on this, which means Malik won't have to run it as much. Now rushing touchdowns, interesting here. Okay, I'm Lamar Jackson, the leader all time with 50. Lenny right, Lyles, right 50? That's nice. Lenny Lyles is second with 41. Okay. Michael Bush is third with 39. Malik has 38. So he's 12 behind Lamar. He rushed for 20 touchdowns last year. I mean, that's that's doable. Very doable. Because he needs the. (laughs) But it was that was more of an outlier than even like the yardage last year. He rushed for 20 touchdowns the year before seven, the year before that six, the year before that five. So he's going to have to be more. It's going to have to be a lot of Malik in like first and goal from the three situations. I wonder if I wonder if Bush would have retired number one if he didn't get hurt his senior year. He would. I think so. I mean, he had two in the. Didn't he only have two already in the UK game before he went I think out? He had three. Did he two or three? Okay. I know he had the, like, the 50 yard run to start the game. So you give him 12 more games that year. Probably. I think he has at least 12 more rushing touchdowns. I would say, yeah, he added at least 12 to that. Would put him at, what, 49, 52? 51, yeah, ahead of Lamar. Yeah. So I think that that would have been. I think it would have been Bush on top. But neither here nor there at this point. Malik, this one's it's gettable for him. He could be your all-time leader in rushing touchdowns. By the that's definitely, year. yeah, that, that that is definitely doable. Now, rushing yards by QB, kind of the same thing. He's wow, it's we just mentioned Lamar that. Renilled, same right? with rushing yards by touchdown. Now, total offense. Where's Johnny Knights in that category? <laughs> not on the list. Total offense. Chris Redman, despite not being a running quarterback, leads Lamar Jackson in terms of plays, overall plays. Total plays, but not total yards. Right. Okay. One thousand eight hundred forty-six yards, Redman. 1,000 or plays, I should say, 1,741 yeah. for Lamar. He, again, just playing three seasons. He played one full more season than Lamar, too. Yeah, he played all four years. 1,506 per day for going. Malik is fourth with 1,392. He could he could threaten Redmond here in terms of just overall plays. We run a lot of plays. If he, he stays healthy, healthy the full yeah. year, he could be up there. Yeah. Total yards. Lamar Jackson, number one, 13,175. That's not far ahead of Chris. Redmond, 12,129. Yeah. Brom, 10,819. Brian. And then Malik is right behind Brian with 10,715 yards. You really got to emphasize it's Brian, not Jeff. Yeah, at this point, I guess. Greg. Well established. (laughs) Sorry, Greg. (laughs) So total yards, I think Malik would have a shot. 10,715 is what he has right now. Seven, say it again, 7,000? 10,715. He's a mere, he's like 2,500 yards behind Lamar Jackson. For combined yards. Total yards, yeah. He could get there. He could wind up being your all-time leader. He should get there. Probably should get there. If If he plays... He plays close to where he played last year. If he doesn't get 3,000 total yards this season, Louisville, I promise you, is not winning six games. Because last year he threw. I will guarantee that. Last year he threw for just under 3,000, and he rushed for just over 1,000. He basically had 4,000 total yards last year. And 4,000 total yards this season would make him clearly the all-time leader in this category. Again, with a full extra season over Lamar, if we're being fair. I mean, he's going to end up in the top three or four Anywhere in that area between four and one on all these categories you've named so far, yet no one's ever going to put him in the same breath as any of most of the people he's passing on these. No, and we've already talked about that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm just saying. Unless Louisville has a ridiculous season this year, in which case the the conversation changes. Yes, you're right, it could be. 300 yard games in terms of total offense Lamar Jackson, 27, Chris Redman, 20, Brian Brom, 17. Malik is currently tied with Teddy Bridgewater for 15. Now, well, he'd have to have 300 yards in every game this year. 300 yards passing or offense? Total, just total offense. Gotcha, okay. He'd have to have 300 total yards uh, in every single game this year to even just tie Lamar, which no, is that absurd ha- that happening, yeah. with a full year. But he could, I think, and should probably get to number two on this list. 
because all he needs is six to pass Redmond, um, and Redmond. Redmond was second, right? Redmond was second. 400-yard games of total offense. Lamar Jackson, 14 is absurd in three years again. Chris Redmond had seven. So that's what, 14 in what, 26 games? Or no, 36 games roughly? I mean, pretty much, yeah. So it's half of your games he had 400 yards or more? Yeah. And remember how many times he like sat in the second half of games too? Oh the, yeah, but in, in those games he did have over 400 most of the time. Absurd. So. Uh, yeah, he had he had 14 of those games. Redmond had seven. Bridgewater and Brian Brom both had three. Malik Cunningham and Stephon LaForest have two. So no chance there. But I think you can get him a couple more 400 yard games. He could end up behind Lamar and Redmond on this list. Let's not forget we talked about Redmond playing three years and playing in John L. But he also got wasted for a year under Ron Cooper. He did. For sure. I mean, now he aired it out under Ron Cooper slightly, but not at the same level. And we were one in ten and awful that year. So I think, I mean, it'll be Illinois. There's a some of these numbers are, are just absurd with Lamar and Chris Redmond, to be quite frank. Yeah, well, Redmond only being just passing only too. Yeah, when you compare the two He's to Lamar. Nuts. Yeah, but still with Malik, he is a a realistic shot to be Louisville's all time leader in total yards and rushing touchdowns, and probably number two and three in passing yards and passing touchdowns respectively. Like that's. Again, it, it, I hope that we have the type of season that we want to as a team, just so these numbers don't get kind of like laughed at and, and looked at as sort of like. Well, I don't look, know what to, them to, to compare them to. It'll be looked at as like the longevity, but that's it's kind of like the guy I've compared them to when you look at IU and you look at a guy like you know, Antoine Randall's numbers probably with IU. You know, you look at his stats; he's probably in the same area, if not. But a, Randall L was like an unquestioned superstar. Well, yeah, but well, I mean, like Indiana fans will always talk about him as like one of the best players in program history. I mean, nobody's gonna talk about Malik that way. No, but that's win. because of the, the almost past. But I mean, he still gets put on a, a decent pedestal at his current level. And Randall L also, and when you look at Indiana, never had anything better than a seven to five season. Right, but but again, like I don't think that comparison holds weight because Randall L. If you ask any Indiana fan, like the best football players in program history. Randall is going to be the shortlist for all of them. I mean, my whole point is Malik's going to have these numbers and nobody's going to talk about him that way. Unless we go like 10 and two or 11. And there's one probably, I get, and I don't have their, 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 their school stats in, in front of me, but I promise if you probably, if you look at school, some, some of your powerhouses, maybe like even Clemson, for an example, or an Alabama or Ohio state, you probably would be surprised at who does lead their career numbers because these are guys who stayed four years where like you, and like we've talked about, your more notable guys are probably gone after two years or three years. Three years. Well, two if you're a redshirt though. You could, I mean, you could redshirt as a freshman and be gone as a redshirt sophomore. So, I mean, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like, I think that's like if you look up Alabama's like career rushing leader, I wonder who it might be. Sean Alexander, for all I know, but like it could be somebody you're like, really? I, you, I can name you ten running backs from Alabama or mm-hmm. whatever, and I wouldn't even have thought about him. I mean, I can see that kind of being that, – that's kind of like where Malik is, though, with, with us as well. It is. I mean, it absolutely is. And I hope that it doesn't wind up happening. By the way, Najee Harris is Alabama's all-time rushing leader. Who, by the way, stayed all for you. Would you have guessed Najee? I, was, I would have guessed Sean Alexander. I was going to guess Derrick Henry, who's second. Okay. Sean Alexander's third. Okay. But Bobby Humphrey, fourth. Like, okay. Do you remember Bobby Humphrey? Not really. Bobby Humphrey was uh, the guy that was traded for Sammy Smith by the Broncos in 89. You know so much about trades. Unbelievable. He was. It was a huge trade back in the day because Bobby Humphrey was. He was supposed to be what what Terrell Davis ended up being for uh, for John Elway when they drafted him out of Alabama, and but he had a bad severe drug problem and was out of the league within like two years. Yeah. Uh, I'm just now seeing like all the good texts on the Thornton text line that we're and we we've about. stayed away from the text line today a little bit. We because we have short show. We have no. That's true. Yeah. Like really get to Texas Malik Cunningham should have had asterisks all over any records he breaks due to playing four and a half years. I don't see. I don't get. I that's no. But it also kind of works. I mean, you forget. Like I, I understand that mentality, but also like when it when it shakes down, it's basically going to be a four year season because he played. He only started four games as a freshman. Yeah. 
And then he had two fewer games than he was supposed to his sophomore season, the COVID year. So like, it's going to kind of wind up maybe be like slightly, it's going to be like four seasons in one game, if that, but we'll see. Um, I can't, I, yeah, I can't get all these texts. I just says LMAO at Trevor for the opening. Yeah. for It was great. It was, what it was a great opening. <laughs> it was a great opening. You mean the one that, that no one talked? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We'll take a, I mean, let's say we'll take a break. We're off the air now. We, we have a, we'll have a normal show tomorrow. It'll be three to six tomorrow. We've got Cardinal Insider with Jody Demling coming up next. Then the Louisville Bats versus the Omaha Storm Chasers. First pitch, 635 right here on the Big X. Everybody have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you guys tomorrow right here, 3 o'clock. Don't give up on us, baby. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> Lord knows we've come this far. Come on, Can't you take it, buddy. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's the credit. Come on. The angel and the dreamer. Good dreamer. Who sometimes plays a fool. Still come through